Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers Nation Radio, it is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and the gold. Euler with you here. It's the solo Thursday show. Sans Arthur Motes. Before we bring this thing back together, Tamaro coming down the home stretch here, getting yins ready for Stillers. Bills, our penultimate show of the week. And we got a doozy planned for you, as always. We'll have some stranger stats at the top of next hour. We'll hear a little bit from the QB, Mason Rudolph, as well, too. A show-me-the-money recap. But as always, we start with a little three things Thursday. It's a simple concept, right? It's our advanced scout. It's how we start to roll out uh, some thoughts on the Steelers' upcoming matchup. Of course, super wild card edition this year, this week, I should say. As the Steelers get ready to head up to Buffalo for a 1 p.m. kickoff as of now on Sunday. I should say as of now because with the weather in Buffalo, I guess anything could happen. Delays, weather, this and that. I don't think so. I'm not saying I'm hearing anything or you know anything like that. Uh, certainly not. But it's going to be a crazy one up in Buffalo this weekend. Bring your layers if you're coming. Terrible towel and layers. All right. That's your checklist. That's all you need. If you're, uh, if you're heading to the great night, white north, to South Canada, as Max Starks would call it, up there, southern Canada in, uh, in Buffalo for a big one on Sunday. So throughout the show, next two hours today, you can tweet me at Wesley Euler. I'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions on X, whatever the heck we want to call it. But it is a little three things Thursday. To get us started on this Thursday, Real simple breakdown, right? We take a look at the Steelers. We take a look at their upcoming opponents. Three things. Three likes, three dislikes for each team. As always, we start with our guests, and we will start with the likes for the Buffalo Bills. We'll treat our guests with kindness, although I guess technically we're their guests because we're going to their place for the – you get it. Uh, Number one for Buffalo thing to like right now is their run game. You know, Buffalo's offense averages 5.7 yards per play this season. That's the fourth best in the NFL. They've been an explosive offense for a while. You know, really, ever since Josh Allen came into his own, they went out and got Stephon Diggs. They've had some talented eligibles with one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL now for a, for a few seasons. That offense 
has been solid. It's been one of the better offenses in the National Football League consistently, you know, for about three, four years now. But they've really gone to another level this season because of the run game, because what they can do with Cook and company, as I like to call them there, and again, 5.7 yards per play this season, fourth best in the league, and get this, speaking of Cook, amongst running backs with more than 100 carries in the NFL this season, Cook's 4.73 yards per carry, Top 10 in the league, eighth best in the NFL. So, again, I mean, we just saw Buffalo last year in the regular season. I'm not going to count the preseason game that we saw them in August. All right, preseason doesn't matter. We all decided that in October. All right, so don't bring that preseason game into this equation for me. We saw this team last year, though. They were explosive, right? Gabe Davis, 98 yards right from the jump. To, for for a uh, you know for a touchdown and a uh, a play that really felt like it blew that game open early. They've always had the ability to do that, but now they can run the football consistently and effectively as well too. Five point seven yards per play, four point seven yards per carry. Both of those some of the best marks in the National Football League. Second like for Buffalo right now is I tell you what, folks, Josh McDermott. Sean McDermott, pardon me. I just combined Josh McDaniels and Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott is calling a heck of a defense right now. They're a talented defense in Buffalo, but you know what? They lost some key contributors last year. Edmonds in the middle of the field. Um, They've lost some key contributors to injury. Lost Tredavis White early on in the process. They've been without Milano, their best linebacker, for a long time. They kind of have some similarities Maybe not to the same extreme, but as to what we've seen with the Steelers. They've had their linebackers and their secondary kind of really decimated with injuries. But Sean McDermott, he is as hot of a defensive mind, as hot of a defensive play caller, as hot as a defensive schemer as there is going in the NFL right now. It's a big part of the reason why the Bills are on that long win streak. Even with a defense that isn't, you know, operating with its full firepower, McDermott is finding a way for those guys to get things done, to get results, to get against some good offenses too, like you saw uh, last week down in Miami. Th- they're, what they're doing right now from a defensive schematic and play calling standpoint is impressive. I mean, you, you look at what teams have scored, you know, what they've done during this win streak, um, you know, the last five games ever since that overtime loss to the Eagles, they gave up 17 points to the Chiefs. They gave up 10 points to the Cowboys. They gave up 14 points to the Dolphins. Those are some really good offensive units. They're playing good football on the defensive side of the the, uh, the ball despite some key absences. Sean McDermott deserves a ton of credit in that. Like I said, just the play calling seems on the money. The schematics seem on the money. They seem a step ahead of their opponents And that's something that I would feel really good about from a Buffalo standpoint. Third and final like here for the Bills is just Josh Allen. I mean, this is a simple one, right? This is a bit of a low-hanging fruit one. But as we've heard Arthur Motes talk about, you know, the the four years that he spent with Ben Roethlisberger, when you have a quarterback like that, you think you have a chance to win. You've always got a chance. Doesn't matter who you're playing. Doesn't matter what the weather is. Doesn't matter how the first – 45 minutes of the game play out. When you've got a guy like Josh Allen, unquestioned one of the best five quarterbacks in the league, but I think 
you know, you could argue him top three. Uh, you always got a chance. You always got belief. You've always got an opportunity. Again, no matter the opponent, no matter the weather, no matter the circumstances that play out for the first three quarters, the first 50 minutes, you always feel like, ah, we got that guy in the backfield. He's going to be able to make enough plays, and, and we can find a way to win this. And that's Josh Allen. He is turning the ball over way too much this year. Spoiler alert. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But he's also first in basically every – he's first in turnovers for quarterbacks, but he's first or second or third in essentially every single category. He's a weapon. He's a dog. He is one of the best two, three, four quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. And that's always something you got to talk about when you talk about the Buffalo Bills. So the run game. Uh, Cook, top 10 in yards per carry in the league. The offense, top four <laughs> in, uh, in, in yards per play in the league. Sean McDermott and what he's done with the defense. And Josh Allen, those are your three positives from a Buffalo Bills standpoint. All right, let's do the dislikes. I said we would talk about Josh Allen and those turnovers again in just a minute. Well, let's do it. It's like he's playing hot potato with the football. <laughs> and you want to know something wild. Since 2020, uh, Josh Allen has only played six games where he hasn't had a turnover. That's insane. The Bills are 6-0 and in those games. But I think is what maybe is, is a little bit more impressive is how they continue to find ways to win despite all the turnovers. I mean, Buffalo is just plus two in turnover margin this season. They're pretty close to even. And a big part of that is because Josh Allen is good for an interception every game, a lot of times too. And when, you know, you got this weather that is that is looming at, at Orchard Park there at Highmark Stadium, that doesn't help ball security either. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, if you're a Buffalo Bills coach, part of the organization it's like this whole week it's just like Josh don't turn the ball over just don't turn the ball over I know patience isn't your strong suit but don't be aggressive against these guys don't turn the ball over and we're going to be just fine be patient Josh Allen though much like me patience isn't always a strong suit that's number one for the Bills to dislike I'll take that with Josh Allen with everything else that he does but that's cost them a few times this season and certainly could on Sunday and you know what, speaking of some of that ball security stuff, number two for a Bills dislike, I think the weather, the inclement weather, is more of a hamper to what they want to do on offense than the Steelers. George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are talented. They're NFL wide receivers without a doubt, but they ain't Diggs and Gabe Davis. I mean, they ain't got the, the blazing speed of Gabe Davis, and there's only a couple guys in the league that are uh, uh, Stephon Diggs type. Like, George Pickens has the potential to be as good as Stephon Diggs has been for the last five years. You know, he's he's been one of the best receivers in football for four or five years. And when you have weapons like that, and you're getting weather like we anticipate there's going to be this weekend, that ain't a good thing. Makes it a little bit harder to throw the football. Remember that Patriots-Bills uh, game a couple years ago with the wind and, like, New uh, uh, New England, I think, only threw the ball two or three times, and the Bills not much more. I mean, you you – can render your weapons effect, uh, ineffective in those type of games. Like George Pickens had no targets last week, right? Deontay had the huge game-breaking, game-changing 71-yard touchdown but wasn't crazy involved in the game plan. That's a lot of times what happens to your to your playmakers, to your wide receivers when you play in crazy inclement weather like we could have. And so it doesn't help the Steelers with their weapons either, but I think that means more for Buffalo. This weather ain't helping them. 
It, it's funny. You guys all know, I'm sure if you're a football fan, you know the name Mina Kimes. She covers the NFL for ESPN. She's been a great analyst for years. Like, Mina joked two or three years ago when the Bills started making their plans to build this new stadium that they're going to break ground on here, I believe, in the next couple months that's supposed to be ready in 2027. Um Mina Kimes made a joke, but a serious, kind of like joking, but serious tongue-in-cheek a couple years ago that the Buffalo Bills should build a dome stadium because they have Stephon Diggs, they have Josh Allen, they're going to have those guys for a while, and if you played in a dome, you'd be able to use your weapons more effectively in the playoffs and in the crunch, uh, you know, the, the, the crunch time of the regular season down the stretch. And a lot of Buffalo people laughed, of course, because this is Buffalo and that's what we do and we don't play in no stinking dome, but there's some merit to what she's saying. Because this weather ain't good for Josh Allen. It ain't good for Stephon Diggs. It ain't good for Gabe Davis and the talented playmakers and eligibles and weapons that they have. And third for the Bills, uh, 28 giveaways. Again, this kind of gets back to, I was talking about some of that Josh Allen hot potato stuff. They've played 17 games. They have 28 giveaways. The Steelers have 16 for reference. 28 giveaways. That's wild. I mean, that's about one and a half a game. And that can cost you. That has cost them throughout the season. And the Steelers got to do their part to make that co- make that uh, cost them on Sunday. So the three dislikes, Josh Allen and the hot potato with the football, the weather that's going to really limit their talented eligibles, and then again, just overall 28 giveaways as an offense. That's way too many. Way too many. If you're at 20, that's too many. They're at 28. Now let's talk about the town with the great football team, your Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll start with dislikes for the Steelers so we can end on a positive note. Number one, only one offense. We'll do stranger stats at 1 o'clock like we always do on Thursdays. But here's a little statistic for you. Here's a number for you. Only one offense in the National Football League used play action at a lower rate than the Steelers. I don't like that. One, because I think the most effective offenses in the NFL are ones that use play action often and to their advantage and as a regular part of their game plan, only one offense in the NFL. Steelers are 31 out of 32 teams in terms of play-action rate. And when you've been running the football like they have the last couple weeks, I know that this is the entire season, but when you're running the football like you have the last couple weeks, there's got to be more play-action in there. And I realized weather last week in Baltimore was not ideal for throwing the football, although Mason Rudolph completed 18 out of 20 passes. The weather in Buffalo this weekend is not going to be ideal for throwing the football but when you're running the ball like the Steelers are, and when you're you, you you know need some advantages in your pass game, your Jimmys and Joes are solid, but they're not all pros all over the lineup either. Play action is like a cheat code of sorts, and only one offense only one offense uses it less than the Steelers. Now again, that's the entire sample size of the season. That's from Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky factoring into that as well too. But I'd like to see this offense run play action more often than we're seeing. Number two for the Steelers' dislikes. Now, this is the easiest low-hanging fruit of them all, but it's the absence of T.J. Watt. Obviously, I mean, I know it's low-hanging fruit. I just picked this one right off the tree. It's it's easy. Your your grandmother could tell you that, that one of the things the Steelers don't have going for them is the absence of T.J. Watt this weekend. But we all know the record, 1-10 when he doesn't play. Um we can argue about who's the best defensive player in the NFL to our faces turn blue, but TJ Watt is the most impactful defensive player in the NFL. I don't give a rip what anybody else says. 
that to me is not an opinion. That's just fact. No one impacts the game from a defensive side like T.J. Watt does. His absence is massive, and that's something you got to dislike if you're the Steelers. Albeit, obviously, you know, Buffalo is really good at limiting sacks. Josh Allen and the Bills, uh, I believe, took the fewest sacks in the National Football League this season, or certainly right towards the bottom of the list. I'd have to double-check that. The weather, obviously, will change things on Sunday. But for a team that is already uh, really tough to get after their quarterback, losing a guy like T.J. Watt, that's not a great combination. And then third and final Steelers dislike, I got some ball security worries after last week. There were too many bobbled snap exchanges from Najee and from Jalen Warren. Mason had a fumble. I I mean, the Ravens had a couple guys fumble. The, The Ball security last week was terrible. Now, uh, the rain like it was in Baltimore is honestly probably worse from a ball security standpoint than just snow and cold will be in Buffalo. But after the way ball security was not at a premium, it was a little loosey-goosey last week, I'm worried about that for the Steelers again. For Naj, for Jalen Warren, for Najee Harris, for everybody else. Because they got they got to win the turnover battle in this game. A plus two would be nice in the turnover margin, but you got to be at least a plus one. And, man, (laughs) the Steelers are fortunate the Ravens had the same issues last week because they almost shot themselves in the foot a couple times. So those are the three Steelers' dislikes. Uh, Lack of play action on offense, TJ's TJ's absence, and ball security worries after last week. Three Steelers' likes as we wrap up three things here on a Thursday. Sticking with that bad weather, I will say, though, I think it's an advantage. The Steelers are now entering a crap weather situation for the second week in a row. Back-to-back bad weather games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's kind of like, all right, we just did this last week. We know the drill. Make sure you got the right spikes. Make sure you're warm enough. Make sure your gloves are this. Make sure Mason Rudolph, he wants the the football conditioned or, or, you know, how new, how used does he want the football? What works best for him in the rain? Wide receivers figuring out their footing. Uh, offensive linemen and running backs figuring out their footing and everything. It's... Again, it's not the same because extreme rain is different than snow and cold, but it's the second straight week that you know you're going into an inclement weather situation. And I think that preparation that you had, that run-through that you had last week in Baltimore, certainly can't hurt. I like that. And number two for the Steelers' likes kind of piggybacks off of that. Najee Harris in what's going to be another game like this, coming off of his best Back-to-back for Najee, I think his best performances of the season. What he did in Seattle and what he did in Baltimore, I think certainly uh, his two best games of the season. There's a couple others you could argue in there as well. But Najee is rolling right now. Limp biscuit. Rolling, 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 rolling. And you need that to continue. He went and did it in Seattle. He went and did it in Baltimore. Now he's going to have to do it up in Buffalo in what feels like is going to be a run-heavy, ground-and-pound, in-the-weather elements-type game. Gotta love where Naj is at right now, and per, in particular, what they could need from him on Sunday. It could be a it could be a Naj legacy game on Sunday. It really could. Give my man thirty carries. Let's do it. Let's roll. And then the third and final thing to like about the Steelers right now is is reinforcements on the back end. It sound a little PG thirteen if you say it in a different way. Minka Fitzpatrick said today. 
that uh, that he's going to play. Now we'll wait for the official practice report and everything to come out later. But Minka Fitzpatrick did tell members of the media just within the last hour or two, uh, I'm playing on Sunday. And then we all know DeMonte Casey back from his suspension as well, too. That allows you to do more with Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace. Suddenly you got your full gambit in the secondary. After, man, just a litany of absences and injuries and suspensions throughout the regular season. Maybe you're getting your back end healthy at the right time. It sounds funny when I say it like that. Hey, you're getting your back end healthy at the right time. But you know what I mean, all right? Reinforcements in the secondary. Reinforcements on the back end. Minka. Casey. The British are coming. So my three likes for the Steelers. Back-to-back bad weather games. Hey, we just went and had to face the elements in Baltimore last weekend. Let's go do it again in Baltimore. This Or let's go do it again in Buffalo this weekend. Naj getting hot. Best back-to-back games of the year right when they need him in the type of weather and environment where he might be leaned on heavily. And then getting some reinforcements in your secondary right as you head into the postseason, the one-and-done tournament. Uh, that's a little momentum for a defense. That's a little positivity right when you need it as well. That's three things Thursday here on a Thursday. You know where to get at me if you want to get involved. Uh, Plenty to come here in the first hour. Some of your reaction, uh, a show me the money recap from last weekend, some audio from the locker room. It's all on the table here. The Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Off and running here, solo show on a Thursday, but as CR in Chicago would often say, you're never alone when you got Steeler Nation rocking with you. And I always, as yins know, appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks out of you. Every day, but particularly on a Thursday when I am in here solo. Steeler Nation 920. Our buddy Tyler up in Wisconsin tweets, not only will Najee be rolling, but him and Warren are going to break stuff. Now, see, that is the Limp biscuit that my 90s, that's the Limp biscuit reference that my 90s soul needs right there. Oh, yeah. Not only are we rolling, 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 but we're going to break stuff. Now, there's... Not many lines from break stuff that I could recite here without getting fired or fined by the FCC or my dear bosses, Brian and Reagan. But, you know, it's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. That's about all I can say because then we get into a lot of four-letter words, but we're going to break some stuff in Buffalo, baby. Oh, yeah. It will be Mason Rudolph under center and one of the things that we always do here on the Thursday solo show listen folks it there's been some inconsistency with the Steelers quarterback this season right it's been Kenny Pickett it's been Mitch Trubisky it's been Kenny Pickett it's been Mason Rudolph it's been Mitch Trubisky it's been Donner and Dasher and Blitzen and Okay, no, just just one reindeer, Mason Rudolph. But no matter who the starting quarterback is, we always like to hear from them a little bit here on Thursdays. Play some of the things they are talking about, their next upcoming opponent, game, all that stuff. Mason Rudolph here on preparing for the Buffalo Bills and uh, the challenge of, of the one-and-done tournament that is the postseason. 
Here's what the Stellar's starting quarterback, QB1. All right, I don't care what the depth chart says. It matters who's starting on Sunday, and that's going to be Mason. Number two is QB number one, making his fourth straight start. It's a lot of math. Here's what Mason Rudolph had to say on preparing for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I think there's just like last week. There was things that um, we we adjusted. Um, it's good to get work like we did today. It weren't great conditions either, so you try to prepare yourselves. But um, yeah, we know it'll be tough weather conditions. But I think that's one of the many pluses of playing in Pittsburgh as we start to get a dose of that in October. So, um, but we we know it's gonna it's a quite a tough place to play and. I've been up there a few times over the last few years, and you know we know we know it's a it's a great but challenging venue to play in. Mason, you talked these last three weeks about how much fun you're having. Uh, a little more on the line now, I guess. Uh, still fun, or yeah? Does it feel any different at all knowing that it's a playoff game? You're getting ready for. I mean, it's it's exciting, and and um, but but absolutely, is it still fun? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm that'll. Last week, uh, Saturday was a lot of fun. Even though it was a monsoon, it was a you know just fun to battle through those conditions and come out with a victory. And um, you know we're gonna plan on we're gonna we're gonna try to put a, a plan together that creates the same result uh, this week. So um, yes. Mason, the last time you started in a postseason game, I think it was the 2017 Campaign World Bowl. It's been a while. I mean. <laughs> is that kind of crazy to you that it, it's been such a long layoff between these postseason starts? And even though it was a long time ago, are there any similarities in a college bowl game and NFL playoffs? I don't think so. I I, I understand the question, but um, yeah, it's a uh, the Camping World Bowl is quite a quite a uh, few steps down from you know what to expect this weekend. What we um, I, I experienced from the sidelines um, in, in Kansas City and. In 21, so you know there's a there's a different energy, um, and it's it's exciting, and I think, but we're not going to make it anything bigger than it is. That every every single game in our season and in this league is huge. So, Mason, what was the key for you throwing short and completing successfully so Saturday at Baltimore, and how can you utilize that similar concept going into Buffalo again with some pretty bad weather predicted? Um, you know, we we did take a couple shots. Um, I think, I think it was, I think it was really more, you know, the, the defense that was being presented than than the weather. I mean, yes, absolutely, the weather. You're not going to huck it. You don't want to huck it 50 times in those conditions. But they really did play a lot of soft quarters, um, two high zones that that uh, discouraged the, the deeper um, concepts. So, you know, I think each each game, I've just told myself. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take what they give me, and um, we know we're running the ball well, and um, take the shots when they present themselves. But be smart and don't don't force anything. How did you do in the camping world bowl? Say that again. How did you do in the camping world bowl? Oh, we won. We beat uh, we beat the Edmonds brothers, which I'll always re- remind them. Um, a former teammate and a, a, a good friend through a through a teammate. So we got we got it done. Yes. Is there anything today with you know with either wearing gloves or the footwear practicing over there that will help you for this week? 
Yeah, I think I think each and every rep um, in, in a wet condition like it was today, cold wet, it just um, hardens you for you know for the for the competition, um, for the game for the game conditions. But like I said, we, we've we've had plenty of those. I've had plenty of those. You know, in the last six years of being uh, in this cold town, so. Mason, what does this moment mean for you personally to be the guy to lead the Steelers to their first postseason game? Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, very excited, very grateful for the opportunity that I was given a few weeks back, and um, so I, I mean, I understand that it's it's a playoff game. And there's there's a little bit, a little bit, quite a bit more hoopla, I guess, uh, that comes with that. But I'm gonna, we're gonna stay in our lane of preparation that we, that we've stayed in and carried out the last few weeks, and you know, uh, execute and have a good week of prep. Mason, former players or coaches here uh, reached out to you to congratulate you on this little run or say good luck for the playoffs or anything. Uh, yes, um, there, there, there's been there's been a few and. A lot of good, uh, you know, good relationships. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, you know, six years of a lot of different faces, and, but a lot of, a lot of great friendships that, whether guys are still here, like you said, guys that are outside that, that are uh, in, 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 encouragers. Anybody in particular that was maybe yeah, um, what they said or how they said it. Rand, you know, Randy Finkner. I think of him. He, uh, I came in with him. He was a, both my QB coach and my. Coordinator, and um, so you never forget your first uh, coach, I guess, in, in the NFL. Um, and then that that group of grizzly, uh, grizzly gritty uh, veteran O, o linemen that I enjoyed playing with so much. The you know the the Pouncey, Ramon Foster, DeCastro, Villanueva group, they're all still uh, close close friends. Mason, Mike pointed out the fact. Yeah, I think um, we talk about it here, but they they absolutely have a ball searching culture where they're raking and punching at it, and um, you know the, the first guy wraps you up or you know goes goes low, and the second second and third guys are you know punching punching and trying to jar the ball loose. So um, we know you know ball security is always at a, an important part of the game uh, this week, you know more than ever, and. Um, just a couple of, you know, hard-nosed safeties, big, you know, bigger corners that are good tacklers and overall physical defense. Mason, how would you describe the confidence in the room right now and the reaction of being 10-point underdogs in this game? The reaction in the room to being a, what, in what room? What's the confidence in the room? What's your oh, reaction oh. to being 10-point dogs? Um, I, I didn't even know we were, but, you know. They're a great team, and um, you know, I guess we're playing on the road. But you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to the, to the spread. Of, you know, not a gambler, but um, we know we got a lot of confidence in ourselves. Mike Sullivan's coached on some teams, <coughs> made some runs. Is he imparted any sort of wisdom on that front? Absolutely. About what to do, how to do it, and what it's been like. He's been part of those groups. Yes, he. Um, we've, you know, we've heard bits and pieces and stories. Me being with him for three years. I think three. Um, so yeah, we you know a lot of 
you know, AFC championship games and Super Bowls, obviously. And, um, you know, so he, he, we know he's, we know he's battle tested and he's got that experience, which is so very valuable. Um, Isaac Samalo, another guy who's been to the, the top of the mountain. So, um, good, good, good experience to draw from. Mike Tease talked a lot about your confidence. When we asked him, like, how's he been able to come in and be a difference maker despite sitting, you know, for a while? Was there a part during this journey where you wondered, like, man, can I still go out here and do this? Can I still be an effective NFL player? And how did you sort of get past it? Absolutely. I think, I think, you know, we all, I think we all have, as players have confidence in ourselves, but there's also, we also second guess or, or we all have doubts. I think I think all human beings do at times, and um, you know when you when you you know when you, when you when you don't get a whole lot of interest through a free agency period, and then and then you're you know you're sitting at the at the three spot every every single day of training camp, you know through the season. Um, it, it's definitely a you know a mental battle, but uh, I think the way to win that battle is just. To, Work every day and, and try to get the most out of, you know, be, be faithful with the reps you've been given. Mason, after the Ravens game, you walked off the field and you kind of did a little bit of a fist pump. Is that directed to anybody? You were looking at the stands, were you looking at Yeah, uh, um, family, once again. Mm -hmm. Did the guy that uh, won that, that bowl game, and by the way, he threw eight touchdown passes in the high school playoff game, the last real playoff game. I looked at that day. Did you think it would be this, that guy walking up that field in Orlando, did you think it would be this long before you got an opportunity to be in an NFL game, a playoff game? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think, I guess I understand that you're equating a, a, a bowl game to a well, no, playoff. Well, okay, well, it's been 10 years, I guess, since you played an actual playoff game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I, I get the point, but I, I don't really break it down like that in my head. I, Shoot, I mean, each game you get to play in the NFL is a freaking playoff game. So um, that's the way I look at it. It's, a, you know, as a backup quarterback, most of my career, you're, you're, um, you're very urgent. There's a sense of urgency when you, whenever you get to play. So um, that's that's the approach. You, know, you mentioned not getting a lot of uh, interest in the free agency market last spring. Things may be different for you in the next few months. Could be. Has it? Does it take a certain sense of mental rigor to sort of separate like that? Not really. I mean, I'm staying busy. You know, when you're taking reps and um, you know, at the sort of the center point of, of the prep and the, the game plan, you stay busy and there's no. Occasionally, there's times to think about big picture, but I I, I try not to because it's only thing that matters is today's practice. You talked about that urgency. How did you feel like you dialed in that idea of? You've got to be able to move the ball downfield, but you don't want to take too many risks. And finding that sort of sweet spot in the balance. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think I think when you understand, we got a, a great defense that creates a lot of turnovers and rushes the passer, and you know creates a lot of splash on their end. I think it. it um, it's just something you got to balance each week. What do they do on defense? You know, when are we going to be able to get our shots? Um, and then, you know, where are my checkdowns? And I think just it, it all falls underneath the, you know, are you reviewing each week? Do you know where to go with the ball in case you know, number one number one's not there? And, you know, limited amount of opportunities I get, I'm trying to be on top of that, kind of that plan B.
Does what we've done look like being able to throw some short as a person do you want to have them taken long? Does that help that equation when you're able to get some splash without having to make a you know, super risky throw? Yeah, I mean anytime you're you know, you don't when you're not throwing the ball into the end zone and people score the ball which is they which they have on um, a lot of occasions towards the end of this year, you know, that's big time and, and you eliminate a lot of a lot of execution and a lot of risk once you get closer down to the, into the low red. Um, Deontay and George have both shown they can do that, and they've really sparked the team um, on all three occasions. That urgency you mentioned, where it feels like every NFL union play is a playoff game as a backup that's coming in, does that help you then in this situation? Because while you haven't started in a playoff game, you've treated almost each individual game like a playoff game. Yes, I think so. but. Um, once again, out you know, I guess the COVID game in in 2020, 2020 against the Browns at home, no 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 fans in the in the stands. It, you didn't get the same environment, um, but you know, in Kansas City, you, you could you could tell a, a difference in just the excitement. So, yes, I think uh, that's that mindset's useful. But it'll be it'll be uh, we know it'll be loud and it'll be a fun place to play. Last two. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just could see them, and you know, they, they were they were kind of waving, so it was more of just you know acknowledging them. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's exciting when your family get, travels. You know, they were in Seattle. They uh, they're obviously in Pittsburgh. So um, just uh, appreciative of having such a good support system. Will they be in Buffalo this weekend? They will. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we uh, we actually we trained together with a couple other guys in that same class in California. So he's a good human being and and uh, obviously a great player. Mason Rudolph, QB one. Don't care what the depth chart says. He's starting. Good stuff from Mason there. Two takeaways. First is I mean he mentioned that you know. Pittsburgh weather and you start getting bad weather in October and we you know we've got some experience with the Pittsburgh weather there's a he sounds like a South Carolina guy doesn't he I mean I don't know Mason Rudolph at all I think I've met him one time in the past but I'm starting to think he doesn't love the Pittsburgh weather I can't blame him I've been to Rock Hill South Carolina where he's from beautiful area beautiful weather so I did I did just get a kick out of how like three or four different times Mason mentioned the Pittsburgh weather and it was kinda like, all right, yeah, you know, he's a South Carolina kid. Yeah. Um and then the other thing too, I just loved how when he was asked about the uh the line on the game, the spread on the game and how the Bills are, are heavy favorites and you know, I don't really pay attention to that. I don't do much gambling. Good answer, Mason. Good answer. We've seen too many of your NFL brethren go down to the gambling. Good answer, Mason. I don't pay attention to that. I don't know nothing about spreads or odds or lines. What's that even mean? On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, that's where you can get involved with the program. We'll close down the first hour, some of your tweets on the other side. We also got a recap. Uh, show me the money from last week. Spoiler, spoiler alert, your boy did not do very well. So we'll get into all that as we close down the first hour of the program. It's the Steelers Blitz. Speaking of program, Nick Saban retiring, huh? Our program inspiration. Heck of a window here for guy Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Nick Saban. They say these things happen in threes. I tell you what, that's a legendary trio hanging them up here in the last 24 hours or so. It's a Steelers Blitz on SNR.
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, I don't want to recap Show Me the Money, but I have to because, you know, transparency and ethics and credibility and, you know, when you mess up, you can't just pretend it didn't happen. So here we go. Show me the money. Show me the money! I'm going to make this quick before we get into some of your tweets because, again, it's not a glowing performance by myself. I was 27-31 and 31 with my pick'em record this season coming into our final week, so desperate times called for desperate measures. It's, I had never finished a season with a losing record before here in what the uh, six-year history of this show known as this this program known as the Steelers Blitz on SNR. So I was 27 to 31 coming into the uh, final week of the season. I thought desperate times call for desperate measures. I'm going to pick every game. There's 16 games on Sunday. I'm a pick, well, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to pick all of them. And that's what I did. And I went 7 and 9 with my picks. I got the Steelers right. That's the most important one, right? Um I'm not going to run through all 16 of these games and bore you to death, but I got seven right, nine wrong, which pushes my record to the season, final regular season record, 34 and 40, six picks under 500, first time under five. I'm the anti-Pirates. I never finish under 500. (sighs) Well, I did this year. I guess there's still hope because we'll continue this throughout the playoffs, and so maybe I can have a little miracle and go on a run here. But seven and nine last week, almost eight and eight, almost five hundred, but one game under, and I finished thirty-four and forty on the year. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need like a sad show me the. I need a show me the money because I didn't show you guys the money this year. And for that, I apologize. We were not getting that paper. As I stunk it up, I need replaced. All right? Nobody's above replacement. I need replaced. Who is show me the money number two on the death chart? Get up here. It's your time to shine. Rod Dalla tweets, what Pro Bowl linebacker from Colorado State posted 10 and a half sacks to lead the Super Bowl champion Steelers in 2005? He's got a son on the team right now. Joey Porter, a.k.a. Peasy number 55. Although, to be fair, not the only uh, talented Steelers linebacker from Colorado State in that time period, right? So, there is a it's, – it's a fair question from Rod Dalla. Fair question. Wouldn't call it an overly easy one, not a difficult one. It's a, it's a fair one, Rod. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Plenty of tweets to get to. I, you know what? Let's do let's do a couple now. We'll do we'll do most in the uh, in the in the second hour, but let's get to a couple now. Ricky tweets and says, "Good afternoon, Wes. Love the way Mason breaks down the game in his head uh, in his press conferences. Shows me his maturity level and understanding of the assignment. Yeah, he understands the assignment. What do we always say here on the show, Ricky? You ain't gotta get ready if you stay ready. And I think it's pretty clear if you've been listening to Mason Rudolph, watching Mason Rudolph, anything and everything in between." Uh, that he has stayed ready throughout this entire journey, but certainly this season, and he's making the most of that opportunity. Isn't isn't that just a story? And someone getting their opportunity, being prepared and making the most of it, isn't that what we love in this country? Isn't that part of the American dream, right? Pretty cool uh, when something like that transpires in any walk of life, but certainly with your favorite sports team 
as well. Me tweets. And says, Dr. Westman, three questions as always. Number one, do you think a 75% healthy Minka makes a difference in the game? 75%? I don't know. I'm hoping that number's closer to 90, 95% Minka. And then my answer is yes, absolutely. Because he's been questionable the last couple weeks. So, in theory, he's been close for a little while. 75%, I don't know me. I would still go yes, because it's Minka Fitzpatrick. But... If he's, I'm hoping that number's closer to 90, 95%, because then, then we're really cooking. Second one for me is, you planning on any game day snacks? Uh, whatever they got in the press box, cousin. I'm hoping some wings? Last year, I'm trying to remember what there was in Buffalo. I don't remember the entire food spread. I do remember I was surprised, though, because they had buffalo, chicken, um, like pasta, I guess. is, is like, like buffalo chicken tortellini last year in the press box. It was good. It just wasn't what I was expecting. So we'll see how it plays out this year. One thing I will tell you, though, is in the press box, in the broadcast booth in Buffalo, they have Tim Horton's coffee. If you know it, if you again, I know you have me. If you've listened to this show for longer than a fart, you guys know I love Tim Horton's coffee. That's my go-to. I have myself a Tim Horton's K-Cup every morning to get me going. So I am excited about that Tim Hortons coffee when I get to the stadium as well, too. Number three, what type of car catches your eye the most while driving around on the parkway? Uh, Maserati Gran Turismo, cousin. Although, to be fair, you don't see many of those in general, but certainly in Pittsburgh. I'm a Maserati guy. I've laid this out on the show before. I also really like Range Rovers. So, you know, Arthur Motes makes me, catches my eye every time he pulls into the parking lot in his. Uh, I've said that before. I'll say it again. If money was no object to me, I would have a Maserati sports car, I would have a Range Rover SUV, and I would drive them each, you know, like half the year, depending on the weather. Not a massive car person. But, man, I do love a Maserati. Jay in New Hampshire tweets, positive look at your show me the money stats. If this is your first year with a losing record in six years, well, haven't we had a not had a playoff win in that time either? Times are a-changing, cousin. I will take it. I will take it. If that's what I have to do to get back in the good graces of since I've moved home to Pittsburgh, my hometown, and started this show, (laughs) the Steelers haven't won a playoff game. Well, guess what? I had my first losing record uh, in six years. Maybe it's time for the Steelers to get off the schneid and win a playoff game and do the opposite there. I like that one, Jay. That makes me feel a little bit better about myself. An hour in the books, another hour to go. More of your tweets, stranger stats to, to bring us back here. Plenty to get to. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.